Tyler McComas. Again, I think of a guy like, you know, you guys deal in the media with Teddy. You know, Teddy didn't play a whole lot. And he ended up getting fired on some special teams units, but... Let's set the clock back, or let's set the uh, uh, the counter from one day since the Kansas State punt block has been mentioned back to zero. <laughs> from one day back to zero. Uh, I heard that at the press conference today, and I said, yep, that's going to get played. I had so many good open uh, possibilities today. That one, Mike Gundy telling Chris Kleiman that he picked a blank day for Kansas State uh, to, to hit on all cylinders against him. I mean, there were some options today, dude. Yeah. I love that. You got fired on some special teams groups, huh? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what happens when you uh, almost cost your team an eventual national championship. You got fired from the special teams? I got fired from after that game. I think I got fired from punt team, Oof. which. Um, Frankly, at that point, I was happy about it. You know, it was, I, was, uh, I was well above my pay grade. They had me playing tackle, which at the time, you know, whenever you used to have to run an actual punt uh, formation, tackle is by far the hardest position on the field. So Probably the most thankful jo- – uh, I mean, you, you don't get any thanks whatsoever – uh, at that position, right? Because if you do your job, nobody notices and nobody cares. But if you right. screw up, everyone in the world will see uh, how awful of a play you just made. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's brutal. And it's like an unnatural deal. You're, you're kick-stepping backwards up to that point. Never done anything like it in my whole life. Uh, really, it's poor coaching on his uh, part to have me out there in the first hey, place is what wow. I say. <laughs> Did you hear that? Again, I think of a guy like, you know, you guys deal in the media with Teddy. You know, Teddy didn't play a whole lot, and he ended up getting fired on some special teams units. <laughs> called out. Uh, oh, and that good. was the highlight of the press conference, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, that. So wh- he was talking about what, red shirt right there? Isn't that what that came from? I feel like that came in the middle of about a five-and-a-half-minute answer to a question, so I'm not real sure exactly where we started. <laughs> no, you're not, not sure what he was answering at that point, yeah. Uh, was there anything good from the press conference we learned today? He had a uh, he had a comment about recruiting that we talked about during Locked In that was interesting. I'm going to play a, uh, a pretty funny clip, though, for you, if I can pull it up here in the next uh, 15 seconds or so. And it was kind of uh, referencing all the deep balls that they missed on on yeah. first down on Saturday because they just had so many chances down the field. And, and basically it was a comment of, you know, these offensive coordinators, you know, they hit on something early in the game. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, when are they going to get back to that? They get all these play sheets going on. They got to get all their plays in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically just saying sometimes these offensive coordinators just need to keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. If something's working out, then go back to it. Yeah, well, I don't know. Mims did not have, didn't have a good day, um, which is okay. If if you go and win on the road, whenever your star offensive player has an off day, I think that's that's still pretty good. Um, but like we've been saying for quite a while now that we got to connect on those deep balls, right? Because he's winning. 
and it's either you know the ball's overthrown by just a hair or Mims is doesn't track it right and loses it a little bit and, and has a bad path or you know we have a holding call or we have a drop you know it just for whatever reason you know I, I, I think everything else around it has been really solid like we're winning uh, physically like he's he's running past guys. For the most part, the balls have been pretty good. It's just we can't link everything yeah. together. Because, well, you know, the your main goal, I guess now, which Brent will say get better, um, and yes, that is true, but you, you do have a chance at a 10-win season now, and that's mm-hmm. something to really shoot for and strive for. I don't think that they can get to that 10-win mark if the deep balls don't get better with this offense because they're just so big play predicated, man. Mm -hmm. They're so aggressive with their play calls, and I like that. I think that's fine. If you got numbers down the field, take it. Um, If they get back to hitting on those deep balls, this team can absolutely find a way to win 10 games this year. But the offense just isn't going to be – it's just not going to be as high-powered without those deep balls. Here's that quote, and the computer's working slow, so hopefully it doesn't buffer halfway uh, in the video, but here's what uh, he was talking about. So does that mean that he told Jeff Levy in the headset Saturday or at some point this year, hey, call that play with the triple post. Let's get, it worked earlier. Let's get back to uh, to to getting aggressive down the field. I'll tell you, though, man, uh, and I love the big plays, too, and we definitely need them. We need to be able to turn people's lights out in an instant if you really want the offense to, to work at its full effect. But, man, I – I really like the fact that we're able to go on some long, sustained drives. And against now. the best defense statistically right. in the conference last week, man. And uh, yeah, there. I, I guess that was one benefit of missing on those deep balls is at the time of possession for the second consecutive yeah. week looked pretty good. You you barely lost it by seconds on Saturday, and you won it against KU. So those numbers have looked drastically better now, here's, than they did before. Here's the other thing: we knew this going into it. Um, you know, we had talked about it, I think, was it five? They've had five second-half shutouts this year. Um, they are a really good second-half defense. They kind of see what you have, and once they've, they've kind of seen your, your whole play sheet and what you're going to do, they adjust good. Their players are smart. they got good memory, and it's hard to come by yards and points in the second half on this team. And we were we were in bad field position for most of the second Iowa half. Iowa State, before last Saturday, they were allowing 4.9 points yeah. in the second half. That's pretty good. Yeah, really good. 4.9 points in 115 yards in second halves. Tough. Incredibly tough defense. And, you know, I, I still say that we are – we're not that far – from having a claim to being right there at the top of this conference. We're just not. And I know people scoff at that because, oh, my God, how could that be? We lost three straight games. Well, two of them we didn't have our quarterback for the entire game. 
One of them, we didn't have our quarterback at all. You could almost say we didn't have a quarterback at all uh, against Texas. Sorry, Davis Bevel. You had to hear that. Well, I mean, we ran a ton of Wildcat stuff and just couldn't push the ball down the field. You know, so I, I, um, I, I this conference this year isn't a haves and have-nots. Almost every single team is – Solid, really good, and on a weekend, week out basis, like depending on what you get from them, can um, can can play anyone tough. They played Kansas State, a healthy Kansas State team, to a ten nine football game, right? And that Kansas State team just absolutely obliterated Oklahoma State. Like that's just that's just how tight this conference is right now. And you can go to the win loss column if you want, but it doesn't tell the true yeah. story. Yeah, um, one play or two plays away from beating both uh, Texas and Kansas State this year, which, you know, beating Kansas State a little bit more impressive than uh, beating Texas. Yeah. Well, at least I think that the, the line this weekend disagrees with me. Somehow Texas is still a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Manhattan, Kansas. Explain that to me. I, I, I tried yesterday, and I can't. I, I, I guess every, I, I, don't, I, I can't. I'm not going to try. Because it doesn't not make any sense to me. And one might say, well, it, it must mean Adrian Martinez is not going to play again. It doesn't look like it mattered the way that Will Howard's played the past two weeks. He's looked awesome. And I still think Will Howard is good enough to beat that Texas team. So it's one of those that I'm not going to jump on because it looks too easy. And you know how those lines work. But it is Texas, so I may, maybe it is legit. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe like maybe it is legit to say that this is the lock of the century. K State getting points at home against Texas. Well, what is what does Texas do at quarterback? Uh, I I mean they're going to start Quinn Ewers, I would guess, and I got to think he's got to be on somewhat a pretty short leash. If he has some really bad incompletions like he did against Oklahoma State, and it's not that he just missed. I mean, those were some really really bad misses. Right. I think if you see early signs of that, you got to go back to Hudson Card. Right. Yeah, he has not been good the last two games. He he was not great. Well, I guess he ended up stati- – he was he actually was good against Iowa State, wasn't he? 17 of, of 26. I mean, it wasn't a huge day statistically, kind of like Dylan Gabriel, but he did have the three touchdowns, but – you know, you go back to the the Oklahoma State game, and my goodness, and that's not a very good defense. I, I I don't know I don't know what the issue was there, but you know we had talked about it going into that game. That was his first road game, right? And that can be, even though it's it's not a hundred thousand people, that can be a tough road environment, especially whenever they're ranked high. Uh, Manhattan's not going to be any different. No. Matter of fact, it's probably going to be worse. Yeah. Uh, Peyton says the computers. That's why uh, Texas is favored in this game. Uh, we are still giving up fourth and 11s. Okay. Um, Teddy is right. We had a tight end playing quarterback in the shootout. Muleshoe Teddy just says we're close. Teddy just said we're close. How dare him? When did I? Well, I said we're, we're close to having a, a claim for to be right up there at the top of the conference. I don't. Would you like me to replace that with... The numbers um, do say, for those of you that want to push back, the numbers do say that OU has a 0.7% chance to win the Big 12 this year. So Yeah. The, the numbers are there. So you're telling me there's a chance. I, I don't think we're... We're not going to win the... Comp, we're not going to win the Big 12 championship this year. I'm just saying competitively. 
Like, right now, you got TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor are the top four teams. I, right now, I think we beat Oklahoma State and we beat Baylor. You know, we lost to TCU, we lost to Kansas State. We lost to, you know, the Kansas Kansas State came in and beat us on our our field. We have no excuses there. We really don't have excuses for the TCU game, uh, but we didn't have our quarterback the the whole time. Who knows what would have happened? I definitely think it would have been far closer than what it I ended up being. I still think TCU wins that game. I do too. Um, but, you know, whatever. I don't care what anyone on the text line thinks. If you think we still suck – that's fine. I don't care. Maybe we do. But I think we went out. That's just where I'm at. Uh, Maybe I'm a ooh, moron for that. Wow, I was also a out. moron last week for saying we were going to uh, not give up 40-something points to Iowa so State. So you were going on the record, OU's going to finish as a 9-3 and football team at the end of the year. Yeah. Look at this guy. Alamo Bowl. Dang it, I already booked rooms in both Lincoln and uh, – not Lincoln – I hope not. Phoenix and Memphis. So I need to cancel mm, those reservations at the Ramada Inn and uh, go to San Antonio instead. I wouldn't cancel them. Hmm. I feel like nine and three. They might. Uh, they might get into the Alamo Bowl. Well, you can hang on to them and and just cancel them late. Is there is there a time period late cancellation? Yeah, I have uh, about ten more days for oh. the cancellation policy. Yeah, I'd cancel it. Um, I I, I can tell though this is going to be a game for you this week where. You know, Tuesday, it's, yeah, I think we went out. Well, won't even talk to you on Wednesday. But Thursday, uh, you'll start to get more and more nervous as the week goes on. That's the challenge that this game presents. By Friday, you'll still be saying out loud, you think this team goes undefeated, but ooh, we'll be able to hear the worry in your voice about this Baylor team coming I'm in this I'm worried weekend. now. I, I, I don't, it is not a given by any stretch. If If we don't play well, if we turn the football over, if uh, we make special teams mistakes, we could easily lose this game. Like I said, like you're you're catching a Baylor team on the rise right now that is starting the be- to play the best football that they've played all season. So I'm under no illusion that this is just going to be some cakewalk. I just think that we're at home. I think we have a slight edge as the better football team. So I definitely ta- had the edge at quarterback this Saturday. Yeah, so I'm I'm taking us to win the game. I mean, it's not it's I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but if I had to pick right now, feel like we're we're kind of in a good good run right now. Team's starting to play with some confidence on on both sides of the ball. I think our offensive line is playing the best football they've played all year by a large margin. Dylan Gabriel's playing the best football that he's played all season by a large margin. PA guy knows where to fit his uh, boomer yeah. in during drive. It feels like everyone is really getting in stride at this point. We are uh, we're an ill-placed boomer away from beating Kansas State at home. So <laughs> an asterisk next to that yeah, one in the so Texas say whatever game. you want about that. Uh, I'm really I'm really uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing him get back in the flow on Saturday. He he did a fantastic job of placing his boomers in during the Kansas game do we have great to see great to hear do we have the second best quarterback in the conference behind Duggan uh yeah I think so um because I 
I think last Saturday is a pretty good example of that. He doesn't have to throw up 450 yards for us to walk away and say, yeah, I thought he, I thought he had a pretty good game. Yeah. I mean, he had less than 150 yards, and the thought coming out of that game was, you know, that Dylan Gabriel wasn't the MVP, but, hey, he took care of the ball. Um, he had some drops. His numbers would have looked a whole lot better. That was, yeah, that was a good game from Dylan Gabriel. And, you know, one thing that he hasn't done since the injury, you know, his worst game, I think, this year was that first half against TCU. And we started yeah. to see some of those really easy throws that were overthrown in the Nebraska game. And then as kind of as the game's gone on or wore on a little bit, you saw it more and more and more. He hasn't really missed on any of those in the past two games. Well, like some of those easy throws. I don't know if he changed his mechanics or his footwork or what it is, but those easy throws look just like that, easy throws now. I think a lot of it is fairly easy to explain. So um, against ISU on Saturday, do you remember the touchdown to number three, Jalil Farouk? Yeah, I feel like three defenders crashed down on Drake Stoops and then left Farouk wide open. Right. Well, the other thing that happened on that play is Iowa State brought a blitz right up the middle, right? Both of our tackles did a really good job on the edge guys, pushed the edge guys deep and passed the quarterback. Marcus Major stepped up and stoned the blitzing backer. He and Rame passed it off and, and both picked up the blitzing backers. Major stoned his guy right there at the line of scrimmage in a great blitz pickup. Dylan Gabriel got to his drop. Kept his eyes downfield as the edge rushers tried to come around the corner on the tackles. He made a nice little step up in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield, and delivered an easy pass to Jalil Farouk. And to me, the difference is trust. You know, I, I, I mentioned that our offensive line continues to get better and better and just came off their best game of the season. A lot of it boils down to trust. He's starting to trust the offensive line to where he can stand in there, trust his platform that he's throwing from, and be able to keep his eyes engaged downfield instead of rushing, panicking. Remember all the sacks that he was taking early in the season? Oh, yeah. That was like the biggest negative that we had. He was missing some open guys and he was taking too many sacks. And a lot of those sacks came from him trying to panic and get to the outside, and that's where he'd get sacked. He's trusting the offensive line and staying in the pocket more and either keeping his eyes downfield and throwing a strike or he's throwing the football away. And it's totally changed things for him. So, I don't know. I think we're getting better as a football team. Oh, my sure God, like it's it. impossible. How could that ever happen? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Stay with us. The word is spreading and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only hour number two of the rush. Uh, the college football playoff rankings are coming out tonight at 6 p.m. as soon as we're off the air. And I don't think I'm going to pay attention to them whatsoever what? as soon as we get out of here. I, I just hope that they have uh, Tennessee and Georgia in whatever order they want at, uh, at, at one and two. They're I, not dumb. They will definitely do Because I think I saw earlier today that if – Georgia and Tennessee are one and two. It would be the first regular season matchup of 
the top two teams that we've had in the playoff era, which sounds crazy. If Georgia and Tennessee are ranked number one and number two, Saturday's game will be the first time ever that the college football playoff ranked number one and number two teams play each other during the regular season. Yep, that's it. it that sounds weird. But without a doubt, it will happen. Yeah, yeah they better. There, it, it would make – I mean, why would you not? Well, Tennessee is definitely deserving of a top two ranking. Their, Tennessee's resume is far better than Ohio State's. It ain't even close. Well, yeah, they got the Alabama win. Even the yeah. Kentucky win. It was yeah. it, it ain't even close. So, yeah, Tennessee should easily be number two, quite frankly. I think they should be number one. They have – Beaten Alabama? They have the best case for number one. So, hey – We'll see, but they will definitely be one versus two. There's no reason not to do it because one of them is going to get bumped anyways, so you might as well have one versus two. Yeah, I I think they will. I think it'll be Tennessee one and Georgia number two tonight and Ohio State three. Wow. And Texas probably at number eight or number nine, (laughs) most likely. If you're you're Josh Heupel, former uh, quarterback, national championship winner, University of Oklahoma, Davey O'Brien winner, uh, you want Georgia to be number one. Why? Well, because you don't – there's no reason – Georgia feels like they're the big dog right now, right? Pun intended there? It, yes. And Tennessee is – they're the team that's on the come up, right? They're earning their stripes. They're still trying to get the the respect that they deserve. Uh, you can't – it's it's hard to make that fight with your team whenever you're ranked number one going into Georgia. Teddy's you know saying, saying that his uh, buddy Josh Heupel's team they can't handle being the uh, number one team in the country going on the road for a tough game. It just you don't want Georgia feeling disrespected. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I guess. I don't. I don't think the game's going to be decided on Saturday. Uh, who's number one or who's number two? I think it will. <laughs> well, you think it's going to be a close game then? I say who's number one by the uh, college football playoff committee. Whoever's number one loses the football game. Georgia got a big injury, man. One now, of their best I, players, Nolan Smith, Torn Peck. Yeah. I'm picking uh, the University of Tennessee to win the football game no matter so, what. Oh, shocker. What? Shocker that you're going to pick Tennessee. You don't think I should? I I. That's not what I said. I, I just knew who you were going to pick. I know who you're going to yeah. pick to win the national championship, Tennessee. You put mm. yourself in the uh, – you're, you're basically you're basically evolved this year. No, that's not true. I feel like what Tennessee has done and is doing is a special run. And when you're on a special run, a lot of times you don't have to be the best team, at least not at that moment. Where they are right now, they're getting more buy-in. Fans, players, coaches, like the energy that they've got around that program right now is it's crazy. Huge with a capital Y, and you just find ways to win, man. Yeah. Um, changing of topics. Dare I say it reminds me of the University of Oklahoma in two thousand? You know how many times I've I've heard that up to this point. It's it's similar, you ask, though. You should ask Bob uh, last hour. Hey, is this Tennessee run remind you of OU in 2000? 
feel like you yeah. shot that one down pretty quick. Oh no, hell no. I didn't. Uh, I didn't read this on the show yesterday. Uh, but in honor of Halloween, who's the scariest player in OU history? I put that out on our Twitter page, and the uh, the photo that I linked to the question is the uh, Tommy Harris yeah. Sports Illustrated cover, which is really still awesome, man. Uh, one of the more underrated Sports Illustrated covers that maybe we've had in the past, you know, twenty years or so. It's pretty cool. AD got some love uh, on the response. Of course, Roy did. The band director got one. Leroy Selman, Brandon Average, Steve, Dr. Death Williams, Perion Winfrey, Ricky Bryan. I-, I think it's Torrance Marshall, man. He made a Heisman winner basically pee his pants. <laughs> a 30-year-old man. A 30-year-old man that was already balding uh, pee his pants right before kickoff. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Um, I think I think it's Torrance. Torrance gets high votes. Tommy Harris gets high votes. Um, the boss has got to get high votes. Boss gets high votes. Man, there's been some dudes throughout the years. Um, George Cumby. Uh, just some of the guys that they had on those teams back in the day, just incredible. Daryl Hunt, just an absolute beast. Rod Schott, hmm. Some really good offensive linemen. Uh, Jamal Brown, uh, Davin Joseph. Um, I'd throw Trent Williams in there as well. Trent Williams. Because of the size of that man and how well he can move. Yeah. Uh, Dude, there's there's a bunch of guys that are up for that spot that are just like gritty and nasty football players. Like Jamal Brown is he's a hard one to beat. Like that dude, he was nasty. He was nasty out there on the field. So. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Torrance though because yeah. of what happened at the coin toss. Yeah. I mean, not only to because we see guys talk trash all the time. And then how many times do we see them like immediately after get totally embarrassed and they can't back up the talk that they I mean that was a that was a vibe there at the coin toss and he he one hundred percent backed it up. Picked it off, didn't let picked did, him off. Didn't in the allow game too. didn't allow a uh, offensive uh, point that night to one of the best offenses, if not the highest ranked offense in college football that year against the yep. Heisman winner. Yep. Yeah, pretty incredible. Pretty, pretty incredible. I, I have. You're not going to hear me say, uh, say no to Torrance Marshall. Absolutely. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye. Next. Stay tuned. Thing that caught my eye was Steve Nash fired. Uh, as Brooklyn Nets head basketball coach, Didn't the season just starts. Yeah, I think they're two and five. Um, you know, and it wasn't very long ago that the Nets, everyone released a statement about how committed they all were, and they're all on the same page and ready for a great season, and made it seven games. And they've fired Steve Nash, and it looks like they've hired uh, the coach has let go by the Celtics for something that <laughs> no one really knows what went down. Are you? Well, I think we all know what went down. Well, I we know that something I take that I won't something that. improper went down. I guess 
maybe I'm just the only one that doesn't know the 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 full story of what it was. Wasn't he not hooking up with people that uh, worked, worked with the there. Celtics organization? Yeah I, yeah, I guess I didn't I didn't know if it was if it was that or if there was some type of like uh, abuse going on. Whatever, but the Nets—that looks like who—that's who they're going to hire. So um, they've got that going on. They've got the Kyrie Irving situation going on right now. They got a lot happening here. Uh, seven games in, it's it's uh, it's going to be a soap opera for the Nets. How about this, Tyler? Announced over the weekend, Big Twelve, two point three billion dollar media rights deal. 50 million plus a school moving forward. Thoughts on that? That's you. Pac-12 thinks they're going to get more. Uh, I'd love <laughs> love to see it. Uh, good luck to to those to that conference yeah. out there. That guy. I'm just telling I, you right now. Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner. That dude is drunk. Or. Hi, with the uh, the things that he's saying right now, the the, no, the guy is absolutely delusional. Uh, I'm sure that uh, deal came on the promise of OU having to play uh, seven 11 a.m. games. They played six a- 11 a.m. games last year. Uh, w- the West Virginia game will be their sixth 11 a.m. game this year. Maybe they'll bump it up to seven or eight next year. I don't, well, I don't know. God, well, this does it doesn't start until 2025. This is not Oklahoma included at all. Oklahoma's not going to see any of this money. Um, interested to see what happens, like what this means for the University of Oklahoma and going to the SEC. You know, one of the things that was holding it up is the Big 12 holding Oklahoma and Texas to the buyout agreement because this was going to be financially catastrophic for the conference. Well, now they've made a massive improvement in their financial situation, so they really don't have that claim anymore. And may ease up on chasing down Oklahoma and Texas. Now, I I definitely think this helps us get out before the 2025 that everyone's continued to say, but I, I still believe, man, that I still believe that this thing's going to happen fairly quickly. I'll throw in um, one of mine with that one since they kind of go together. Yeah. I guess Dana Holgerson, head coach at Houston, this was yesterday afternoon. Uh-huh. He said the 2023 Big 12 football schedule will come out in a few weeks and says it will be, quote, eye-opening. What does Dana Holgerson mean by that? That the Big 12 schedule next year is going to be eye-opening? I don't know. Oh, you going to play every single game at 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus? Is that what he's talking about? Well, They're going to make OU play every uh, game on the road next year? That's weird. I don't know. Uh, OU not going to be in the schedule next year? OU not going to be in the schedule. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, That's a heck of a comment, though, that nobody's talking about. But think about this, though. Think about Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. They just hit the damn lottery. Those schools were making like $6 million a year in TV rights money. They're going to $50 million. They're having a party in those schools right now. Shit. I mean, that is an absolute game changer for those programs. Massive. Yep. Awesome. That's all I got. Um, My first one is actually your boy, Roy Williams. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, a little bit of a flex from him last night. He sent out a picture on Twitter about all the candy that he was giving away on Halloween. Wow. He 
Full-size candy bars is what Roy was giving out last night. Full-size Butterfinger, Snickers, Milky Way, Twix, Three mm. Musketeers, Starburst, Kit Kats, uh, Re- Reese's, M&M's, both, both peanut and without peanut, Twix. Uh, let's see what else is in here. Fruit by the foot, I feel like that is at the end of the table. He has this massive table of full-size candy bar from about every candy you can think of. Dang. Doing it big up there. I think he lives in uh, Edmond, right? Doing it big up there. Yeah, in used to knock people out on the football field. Now he's giving sugar comas Man, uh, to kids coming Roy, around on Halloween. Life is doing. Uh, life for him is great. I mean, full size candy bar. Here's the thing: in our society, you basically get paid to eat horribly. Uh, you can go get a box of full size candy bars at Sam's for nothing. They just they basically give it to you. Man, just yeah, it's just quite the that many uh, choices as well. Good, if, good for Roy for looking out for the kids. If you buy a bag of apples uh, at the grocery store, they usually throw in like fifty uh, candy bars just to keep you fat. That's true. Um, I, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but Iowa State threw the ball out of the stands on Saturday. Did much they? like OU does when uh, someone scores in the north end zone, but. You know, at OU, I don't think whoever throws the ball out of the stadium gets kicked out now. Text line can correct me if I'm wrong. But the kid who threw the ball out of the stadium on Saturday did get kicked out. Really? Yeah, an Iowa State fan did. Got kicked out. I'm guessing they did that to troll OU since OU does it now is my guess. I don't know. But, yeah, that is totally weak when multiple people take part in getting the ball thrown out of the stadium. So bad. Yeah, the last guy's the only one that gets kicked out. That's pretty. That's that's a that bad is pretty deal. Crappy. Yeah, that's lame. Whatever. It's fun. Crowd likes it, dude. That was a good atmosphere. Really good atmosphere up there. Iowa State does it good, man. They, they just. Someone's got the little fader on the on the uh, sound system. Ninety minutes out, it's just barely kicking. By the time the game is playing, it's just pounding it's like in, your, in, in your chest the entire game. It's pretty cool. Uh, odds to be the next Auburn head football coach per betonline.ag. Hugh Freeze is the favorite at 2-1. to one. Lane Kiffin is at 11-4, second best odds. Deion Sanders, head coach at Jackson State, has got the third best odds at 7-1. to one. Jeff Grimes and Mike Leach both at 11-1. to one. You said at Auburn? Uh, yes. Huh. Mark Stoops is on the list at 12 to 1, as is Matt Rule. And Michael Gundy is on the list at 12 to 1. Matt Campbell at 14 to 1, Urban Meyer at 25 to 1. It makes me want to slam my face into the table when they put Mark Stoops on there. Yeah, there's no way he's leaving. No, no chance he's leaving Kentucky for the Auburn job. No way. Uh, I guess I can't say no way. I'll say no way. I don't know, but who wants to move into the same state as Nick Saban whenever you've got such a good thing going on at Kentucky? Well, forget that. Start I all mean, over. you know, Bob talked forever about how much he valued the AD and the president that was here That's and right. the support he had. Those people are nuts, dude. And, now, and they'll fire you two years after you win a national championship. I, I, I just I, I can't see Mark Stoops leaving for a place like that. I agree. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't uh, Auburn have to hire an athletic director as well? They Well, they did that 
officially yesterday. They okay. hired the Mississippi State AD, uh-huh. and basically the guy was hired and told, uh, you need to fire the head coach as soon as you get hired. I think that was like his first order of business was to get Brian Harson out. Yeah, fire. It's a lot easier to fire someone that you haven't built a relationship with. Exactly. You know? So yeah. um, I, I'm guessing that's why Mike Leach is on there. There's no way Auburn fans want Mike Leach, right? There's no way. I would hope not. But what was his He odds? was at 11-1, to 1, like fourth best odds, tied with Jeff Grimes, who's the OC at Baylor, and in front of Kevin Steele, Mark Stoops, Matt Rule, Mike Gundy, Matt Campbell, and Urban Meyer. What do you think about Mike Gundy? No way? No way. No. He's not leaving Oklahoma State, man. And why, why would he? He's getting a, a nice payday there. Big 12. He's got just, security that's there. His biggest nemesis is about to leave the conference. Mike Gundy would be a fool to leave Oklahoma State for Auburn. I think anyone that is, is secure, I think anyone that is secure as a head coach somewhere would be a fool to go to Auburn. Unless you're just looking for a massive buyout in a couple of years and not have to work anymore. Why would you it's like the same thing with Lane Kiffin. Like historically, is Auburn a better job than Ole Miss? Sure. But who would you rather have to beat every single year? Mississippi State or Alabama? Right. Lane Kiffin beats Mississippi State in the egg bowl. For the most part, he's good. Win eight games a year, you can stay there for a while. The minute you go to Auburn and the minute you start losing to Alabama, they're going to try to get you fired. Yeah. Uh, like, Auburn's a good job, but I just wonder how many people are really going to be interested in it with the current layout. Right. I'm sure they'll throw a ton of money at someone, but it's I, a tricky job. It's a tricky job. What? Who's the longest tenured head coach there over the last couple Who, of decades? At Auburn? Yeah. Probably Tommy Tuberville, I would guess, who he beat Alabama like five or six consecutive years. It was, it was when Alabama was in their, their he, bad spot, right. right? Yeah, yeah. But since Saban's taken over at Alabama, it's it's been one coach after another, been right? A revolving door, yeah. Um, Chiswick. Gene Chiswick, you had, um, wow. Why, who, 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 was came before, after? who was between him and Malzahn? Uh, I no, they they fired Chiswick to get to Gus Malzahn. Is that right? Yeah, because um, Malzahn Chizik, was at Arkansas State. Chiswick won it in 2010, and Malzahn got back there in 2013. Okay, all right, and then after that, they went to Harson after Malzahn. No, he got fired in like 2015. God, who did Auburn hire after 2015? Why am I totally blanking? There was a there was another guy in between that. Uh, uh we just said Gus, right? Yeah. I, 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 text line will help us out on who that was. I can't. I totally just blanked on who it was. But someone but, says on the text line, "Dirty Dan Mullen's perfect for Auburn." Yeah, seriously. Yeah, Gus got fired. I think two years after they played for that 2013 national championship game. Yeah. You have success there, and they fire you soon after if you don't follow it up. They have very unrealistic expectations there. Yeah. Huh. I thought they. I don't know why I'm thinking it was Mulzahn and then Harson, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, needless to say, it's a it's a revolving door. At least as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama for sure. Um, I don't know. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Inside the Brian O'Haver Studios, it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Yeah, it was um, 
Malzahn was there for a while. He was just on the hot seat for six consecutive years. Yeah. That's why I thought he got fired shortly after that title appearance against Florida State in uh, in 2013. Brent Venables had his press conference earlier today. Uh, he gave an update on Javante Barnes. He thinks he's going to be a game time decision on Saturday. Yeah, and those hamstrings are tricky, man. You just, especially for a running back, you don't know. No, nope. you just don't know. You don't. Um... Though he didn't sound very optimistic at all about Billy Bowman last week and. Billy Bowman played. Yeah, he played some, had that knee brace on. He was there for a stretch, was rotating uh, series there at safety. Just and his presence is a big difference. Yep, no, he, he's he's done good. But, man, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Robert Spears Jennings. Um, Gentry Williams made a play. Gentry Williams on out Saturday. there. Um, how about Stutzman with the game ceiling interception turned it, into a touchdown? It was not good on that fourth and 12. Everyone knows that, but he comes back with that big interception. And he talked about it after the game on Saturday. He, uh, I guess he, in his head, he was saying, Oh, when they do this, you know, I just, I just remember Coach, Coach V telling me to, you know, stick to the inside or, or whatever Coach mm-hmm. Venables told him and it led him to get to that interception. So, yep. That's uh, was not great on uh, fourth and twelve, but he came back and made the biggest play probably of the season yep. for for him personally. Definitely defensively to seal it. Um, we go down, we punch it in, and and that was really the difference that you know the defense defense won the game for you, and that's got to make those guys feel really good. And um, wow, it's it's amazing that they can be looking better and playing better and tackling better and being a little more confident and. You know, you're eight games in to a new system and you're starting to understand it a little bit better and communicate a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Guys can actually get better throughout the, the course of a season. You're, you're, not, uh, you're not locked in to how good you can be first game of the year. It's amazing how it happens, and hopefully they continue to progress. Um, Brent said the day that however they use their special teams formula, they come up with like a certain number of points each week. Yeah. I guess this was the highest they, they graded out, special, which understandable, yeah. but the highest they graded out was special teams. Yep. No, it was. It was great. Uh, Turk was really good, and you know that's going to be a benefit. If you can win the special teams phase against Baylor, that's going to help you out as well. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next.